playbook. It's a private practice playbook. Playbook. Welcome back. All right, so let's keep moving and continue to try to unwrap these challenges with human capital. There are three ways to grow a practice. One is to increase the new patients. Two is to increase the frequency of the purchases or the number of times the patient comes in. And the third one is to increase the size of the purchase. So when you look at a typical practice, what's crazy is that the human behavior inside the practice from the front desk to the assistant or to the tech or to the PA or to the doctor, it's funny, the human words, the human behavior, everything affects those three things. So for instance, if you take just the front desk, I have figured out that if I change, if I take a human and I say, hey, we would like to make the way you handle the patient more patient-centric, I know you don't necessarily agree or do it this way, but if you'll just do it, it's, we can literally, it's like drilling an oil in the, in the off, it's like drilling, a, you know, if you, if you drill down and it's like striking oil. And we can usually increase the new patients instantaneously. Now, again, if I say that to a typical doctor, you know what he says? He feels like I'm making that up. Well, I can tell you, I got thousands of clients I've done it with. You're wrong. If you do it, you will see it works. But if you feel that you can anticipate what's going to work or not, you're, you're right. You know, it isn't going to work. So, again, not coachable in that particular area. So the challenge we have is if you end up with a doctor who's not coachable, I mean, it is really tough to get down to the team level and to actually make progress on developing human beings. So most people, so for instance, when we, when we start going through what we want humans to do, the first thing we want to do is all what I like to do first is about the people then we move on to marketing. Then we move on to the other issues. So the great news, if you're a practitioner, you want to practice, you want to grow your practice, you can actually grow your practice by doing nothing but changing the behavior of the individuals who work in your practice. That's it. And that is the cheapest, most economical way to approach this. But again, you, but if you don't understand the belief, so again, the fundamental belief, if you were to hire me, fundamental belief is I believe every human being has the capability of doing better. And I have systems that I put them in where they will either do that or they will prove that they don't think they can do better. So if you start training a team member or a doctor and they say, I'm not going to do it because I think this is not going to work. And okay, well, you're like, all right, well, then you're not coachable. I cannot help you. There is no point in doing anything. But imagine the, imagine the, imagine the doctor, a marketing company comes in and tells the doctor, hey, what you need to do is market. Well, but what the doctor doesn't realize is he's got a bunch of humans that are doing things wrong. They're going to waste all that money on marketing and it's not going to work. And then they'll think that there's something wrong with the marketing. I can tell you the number of doctors have said, I've tried to market and marketing doesn't work. Marketing does not work when the humans are not doing the correct thing inside the office. That is correct. 
So that is a correlation that many people have very diff- a very hard time figuring out. And the truth about most services, most people, is they don't understand this because they've never worked with it in the level of detail that I have. They think, oh, marketing is going to improve your practice. It's not. Marketing will only improve your practice if and when we have the humans that work there doing and saying the right thing with the right attitude and creating the right experience for the patient. So we've got to understand. So when we look at this and we say, well, wait a minute, why is it so hard for a doctor to figure this out? How come everybody can't figure this out? Well, there's a whole series of reasons. And, you know, one of them is you have to look at and you have to understand that if they're not being coached, they most likely don't believe that people are coachable. And so, and they're not measuring what we would call the key performance indicators. If you look at most doctor's practices, I mean, and you actually would stop for a second and think about, well, based on the number of new patients they've had over their life, they, if they kept all the patients they had, they would never need any more new patients. But the truth is they lose a lot of them, but they don't know how to keep that statistic. And again, it's the denial over the facts. And there's always going to be attrition But doctors' offices make all their money on what I call the subsequent visits, which basically means that if you don't get it right the first time, it's highly unlikely you're going to get a second chance. So if you, you know, for instance, if you walk into a a dental office and you don't like the experience, you'll let them do something, maybe, and then you just won't go back. And very few people actually even keep the statistic of how many people don't show back up. But all the money is made on the patient who will come. Just like if you're a dentist and you have patients, you know, I mean, think about Miss Jones or whatever, who she wasn't, she's a patient who's been with you for 20 years. See, that's where you make all the money. And then she refers her husband or her friends and all these kind of things. That's the game. So when you understand the actual economics of this, most doctors do not have the facts right about how they their payroll actually sends people away, doesn't keep them and turn them into referrers. I mean, when we design a system, we design a system that says, hey, listen, if you walk into this office, the human experience and the contact you have will make you want to stay in this office. We engage certain principles that the people who work there are not aware of, that we get them to learn. And then we do everything we can to make that experience such that the patient's actually going to tell a friend, which is a very, very lucrative thing. So if you can, and that was the dyna, that was the call I got from a client the other day, this, this business owner who was a patient was so blown away that they took time to call the doctor and they were like, she's trying to go like, how did you do this? And I actually am going to call him and say, I don't know why you didn't say hire the scheduling institute, right? Because this, what we do would work with the state farm agent, just like it works with a, a doctor's office. I just choose to spend most of my time with doctor's offices. And then you say, okay, well, wait a minute, Jay, but what, you know, why, okay, I'm a doctor. What does this mean to me? Well, if you're really, really smart, which you technically you should be if you're a doctor, see, sometimes what smart people do is they think too much. 
if you think you're ever going to figure out everything I know, you're wrong. That would just be like me figuring out how to treat myself and not come to you. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to come to you and I'm going to let you treat me just like you should just let me solve this. You shouldn't try to figure out how to do it because you're never going to figure it out. You don't need to figure it out. As a matter of fact, you just need someone to do it. And the only thing you tend to know for sure, listen, people with terrible practices don't know they have terrible practices. I mean, I ask every person I may say, hey, tell me about your team. Oh, I got a great team. You will not know you have a great team until you see the team after they have been developed, after they have been trained. Okay, I, and we use, for instance, the Ritz-Carlton is a great example. An hourly employee at the Ritz-Carlton, 250 hours of training. Well, look, we know from studies of uh, like dental offices that basically there is no training. Almost all the training is on the job. And that's why we have taken this area and really spent so much time in it. And that's why we have trainers who are out today all over the world training teams and creating amazing experiences. And those experiences in a doctor's office, when you get that right. See, this is the thing that's funny. If you're the doctor, they might like you. But what you don't realize, the conversation that goes on is... They may say, I like Dr. Smith, but I can't go there anymore. I remember our kids had this pediatrician. He was an amazing pediatrician, worldwide famous pediatrician. You, you couldn't help but love this guy. But I mean, you had to tolerate his ridiculously incompetent team. I mean, and eventually it just wears you down and it becomes kind of a joke. And so what you got to be careful not to do is because the patient is saying nice things to you. See, it's not a patient's job to come to you and say, you know, Dr. Smith, I, first of all, I just want to tell you, I think you're a really great doctor, but these people you have out here are atrocious. It is not the patient's job to do that. And by the way, if for every undertrained team, okay, What's interesting about it is imagine the trap you're in when you're the doctor. You don't believe in training the team. Well, then you, you know, you're the one who created it. So why would you be worried about it? Why would you even want to know it wasn't working? Because basically what you did is you like, like right now, if you look at any office, right? So the doctor is, is feeling as though they've done everything they could to prepare the team. Well, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. Because if you look at the facts, the amount of time, who trains them, how much do they train? I mean, you go through the data. It doesn't exist. So you're living in a little bit of a delusional world. And you can't see how bad it is. Because, again, it's no one's job. And most of them are sort of intentionally trying to hide it. And truthfully, you're hiding it because you don't want to know because you might not have the solution. There is actually a solution. So... If you, and, and, and when you think about that, so when I say there's a solution, what I'm saying is there is a process you can go through so that when a patient walks into your office, they are blown away by what your team says and does. And if you are now a good doctor, you got the magic touch because the patients don't really actually care about your credentials. They don't care about your continuing education. They, they've never asked about it. They care about how long is it going to take me to get in? 
Uh, is the paperwork easy to fill out? Am I going to have to wait a long time? I mean, there is a, there are about convenience and different things. Am I going to get what I want? Am I going to be able to get it done while I'm in or am I going to keep coming back, keep coming back? So the main thing I want you to understand here is when we go through these five things, first of all, you're trying to develop a system. And every time a patient comes in, that system isn't working or it's not working. So yesterday when a patient came to your office, okay, did the system work or did it not work? And, and most doctors have no idea how to delineate between the two. And then they fundamentally do not understand this concept that how you make a practice better is you work on the humans who work there. And essentially, if we go through and you start working with humans and they say, I'm not changing, I'm doing it the way I want to do it, you got to get rid of them. And when you do that, then you get to the people who are all trainable. So let me give you an example. I mean, it's, and it's a fantastic uh, evidence point to this. You know, Chick-fil-A did this huge study on, okay, what do really talented people want, right? What do really talented people, we're talking again about human capitals, we're talking about people. And so here's what their study came up with. One, they said they want a better boss. So, I mean, I used to do these experiments when I would go around to various offices and I would, you know, I always love when I, when I hate it actually, but I do it because it's like, you know, it's like a science experiment. So every time I have to go to a doctor, get to go to a doctor, you know, I can't turn off the Jay Geyer. So it's like, I know, I'm hoping they don't know who I am. I can get in there and I can watch it. And it's a study, right? And I'm just like, ooh, this is fantastic. So, and you learn a lot of things and it really affirms what you might do. Now, most doctors don't go to doctor's offices, which is really kind of funny, but they want a better boss. And so who's their boss? So a lot of doctors just let the office manager be the boss. And when you actually go down to the office manager, you find out all kinds of weird things like, oh my gosh, this office manager has no tra formal training. This office manager just happens to be the person who the doctor trusts the most, absolutely completely blind. They don't actually check their work. They believe whatever they say. I mean, this goes on forever. And it's just there's something about doctors who love to think that just because you have an office manager means you have everything solved. You don't. Want more new patients in 2021? Don't invest in marketing until you know that your phones are being answered correctly. Request a complimentary mystery call today to find if you're ready to ramp up marketing or if you need to improve the way your phones are being handled. Visit www.5starchallenge.com today and discover how you can increase your new patients in 2021. So they want a better boss. So when we talk about human capital, I don't care who you are. If you're a doctor and you want to have a great practice, I mean one that patients come to, you know, just without any marketing or advertising, you have to be a great boss because they, the people who work for you, so you can't be a great doctor and a bad boss, okay? Can't. And you can't think that just because you have an office manager means she's a great boss. And you gotta be careful that you're, that's your feeling. And if she tells you that, does that mean that's real? No, we gotta test it out. We gotta find out if it's true. The second thing these people want, now remember, these are talented people. They want a brighter future. 
They want companies that enable the employee or the team member to gain skills and experience needed to realize those ambitions. So good people are looking for a firm who actually spends time training and developing the people in some shape, form, or fashion. So again, if you have a bunch of team members who are uncoachable and untrainable, it might be that you don't have the most talented team members. They also want to work somewhere where there's a bigger vision. And so when we look in practices, what's very interesting is it can become very mundane and it can become sort of rote work and it isn't necessarily uh, a place for growth. And the reason why we grow practices is because it's the only way that the humans inside the practice are going to ever get better opportunities is if the practice is actually growing. And many practices are actually stagnant. So they're looking to be part of something that is meaningful and worthwhile. And listen, I'm a big fan. I mean, the reason I work in healthcare is because I do believe it actually meets a need with the people. It's a great business. And so we can make it missionary, but it's only missionary when we've made the commitment, as an example. When a doctor comes and joins forces with us and, you know, we make a commitment not just to be a good office, but we make the commitment to be the best office. See, the frontline person can't treat the patient for you, but they can do things in your office that would make your office the best office. And I'm always, it's always so fascinating when you, you know, when you meet a doctor who really, and look, I'm, I'm not, when I say has a crappy office, what I mean is has an office that has not reached its fullest potential yet. And that the, the people in it have not been given the tools they need to do their work at the highest level. And the doctor who runs it has never been able to instill the vision. And please also understand that you are busy doing other things. I mean, I, I you know, Think about this. I could walk into your practice tomorrow, probably double your new patients, and do it with a person who's 20 feet from you. And you wouldn't know what I did or how I did it, and I can do it. I've done it thousands and thousands of times. Now, you're not going to believe it until we do it. You hire me, we do it, then you'll believe it. That's the way it works. But again, some of you will say, well, I don't believe it's going to happen because you're so smart, right? Which, again, you're uncoachable, therefore you don't get to see the results. And that's a trap. And it's a trap for everybody in a business and particularly for the business owner. That's why if you ever watch one of these shows like Bar Rescue or something and, you know, or um, you know, there's a few of them, right? The Marcus Lamona's show where he goes in, The Prophet. And, you know, these people are dying. And he says, okay, well, you're, or the, whoever says, you're going to do what I say. And, and if they look at the furniture, they go, we've got to replace the furniture. And they're like, that furniture? That's great furniture. No, no. See, un, if you want to watch Uncoachable, watch any of those shows. And, it, and you can just see it's just so pathetic and instantaneous. And I think a lot of times we do those things without realizing we're doing those things. And if that's true, we'll never, ever, ever get to the people. So, and then imagine a doctor again who says, well, I'm only going to train, you know, I'm going to train them. Well, no, you're not. You got to see the patients. Uh, you know, so normally, and so here's the good news. If you want an assessment, and I can promise you this is true. Go to my website, take the five-star challenge. I mean, and I'll send you an assessment. And I will promise you that that assessment, that rating, and it's not ever changed. It just is what it is. One to five, zero to five, one to five. I think we got rid of the zeros because people get mad. They cry when they got a zero. You know, if you get that and say, oh, this rating is wrong again, then you're not coachable. 
But what I will tell you is usually that rating is indicative of everything else that's going on in the practice. If a doctor gets a four or five star rating, I'll tell you that they probably have a practice that is actually very patient friendly. It's crazy. And so all kinds of facts, right? We can send in a shopper, do whatever it is. So there's lots of different ways we can do this. Now, the other thing I would tell you is that the doctor, you, you have to make a decision that you want to have a great practice and having a great practice means having great human beings inside the practice. And we'll go through later some of the examples of what doesn't make a great practice. So for instance, in, if you go into most practices, and I'm not a gambler, but um, you know, you think about chips and so, you know, that where they shift, you know, slide the chips over or whatever. And so, you know, like if you have more chips, you have more money and then you lose the chips, you lose your money. I mean, many, many doctors, actually the team has more chips than the doctors. And it's, so this is what happens. It starts to whittle away because the team knows that the doctor's not going to pay attention. You set up an environment in an office where the humans don't listen to what you say, don't do what you say, and really don't care what, the pa what, what happens with the patient. And it actually all starts with the doctor setting that up. So if you could imagine, um, when we look at culture inside an office, as a matter of fact, we know if you ask most doctors, you know, tell me about the culture of your office, they don't even know what culture means. And that is what the people inside who work there think about the person they work for. And so a little difficult, so it's a bit of a trap. So where do we start? We start with the owner. If you've never told people what to do or you never hold them accountable or you're afraid to confront them or if you confront them and then they tell you no and then you never follow back up, you're in a, in a practice trap. And when you hire us to come in, we've got to bust that up. I mean, you, I couldn't tell you the number of times we, you know, we basically go into an office and the doctor may have been this doctor who buries their head in their sand for 20 years. And, you know, it takes me 12 months to flip it. I mean, it's a huge accomplishment because what they've done is they've set up an environment where there is no coaching and the team basically says, hey, if the doctor comes in and just gets all fired up to improve things, if you just ignore them, they're going to get busy seeing patients and we, you know, we're never going to have to do it. And that sick cycle occurs over and over again. And that's why we figured out, okay, when we put together a program for a doctor, we're putting together a program that the team realizes that they have no choice but to comply with the program. So as you go into 2021, I mean, you know, and, and look, here's the thing. I mean, if you didn't, and again, in culture, 
you sink to the level of preparation. So the reason my coaching clients are killing it coming out of the pandemic is because of all the work they did in advance. And they're still doing work setting up for 21. So look, the thing you want to figure out is it's all in the preparation, right? It's all in the preparation. And most doctors simply don't have the bandwidth. If you're treating patients three or four or five days a week, when are you going to train the team? If you're not willing to shut the office down some and to do a training, or if you're not willing to be coached, we, we basically have this addictive sort of uh, addictive uh, personality to being busy. And you misconceive being busy with being good. And you think, if I'm busy, I'm good. No, that's not true. There's a lot of busy, terrible offices. There's a lot of busy doctors that every patient was pissed they had to wait as long as they did. And many times the doctor never finds that out, and then the patient just disappears, and they have no system for knowing that that's true. So it's process. And again, when you look at your belief system, and again, we're right now just, we're on the very first one, which is human capital. And so that's your attitude, your beliefs, what you're willing to do. And then almost every doctor has this thing we call the spending limit trap. And it's this thing that gets developed over time where you develop these weird idiosyncrasies about investing money and growing your business. And so most practitioners do not have the correct budget. So for instance, most of them have no training budget. Many of them have no marketing budget. Many of them have no budget to provide inspiration and coaching for themselves. So, you know, it's kind of like we go down the list, have no budget for recruiting. So we're really talking about this human who owns the practice focusing on only one or two areas and ignoring three or four or five or six others that are actually critical to the success of the practice. But, but actually only being able to figure this out by putting yourself in a position where you're getting advice. And that's how we built our company. In other words, I, you know, I built our company around my relationship with doctors and observing their needs and knowing what they needed well before they ever knew. So, I, listen, I know what you need probably way before you'll ever, ever figure it out. And then the question is, are you willing to go with the process? So imagine what it's like to be me and a doctor comes up and, you know, they have this great mystery. How come I don't make enough money? Well, I mean, I can tell you because I've taught a lot of people to make a lot more money. It's actually your unwillingness to submit to a process that would cause it to be different. I mean, it is very interesting that when you look at the economics of a practice and you look at generating income, money is generated by creating value for people. Doctors create value for people by solving the problems that they have, which is a So the business is actually a really great business to make a lot of money, but the hindrance is that main human being who is the doctor.
Everything from their limitations on what they're willing to spend to grow their business, what they're willing to spend to develop their team, whether they really understand the formulas related to patients and the value of patients and how to change the economics. Then you come to this inherent cap of, okay, well, you know, I'm the one doctor and it's always going to be about me. And so now we don't have capacity and we start running a three day a week practice and then all the dysfunction that relates to that. So listen, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to think that these podcasts are about bashing you. These podcasts are about getting to the truth, getting to an authentic understanding of yourself and not the delusional version you have where you actually think you've tried everything and nothing's working. That's not accurate. That is absolutely, that's a feeling. It's a very dysfunctional feeling, quite frankly. And it's even more dysfunctional to think you would know what to do. You know, you went to school to become a doctor. You learn all that. Why would you know the things I know about patient service? There's no reason you would. And you don't necessarily have to. You just got to hire the right person to do it. And so here's what we've discovered. If a doctor hires us to work with the team, we will find out how bad it is and that's amazing news and what i mean by that is if you go in and the team is not coachable i mean that is the greatest news you could ever figure out because that's not what you knew to be true and what we've learned is we have processes we take you through where you just do different programs and those programs basically over time cause those problems to go away and what they actually end up doing, here's the great news for you. Once, so we first attack, well, attack isn't the right word, but we work with the human capital. And this frees up so many things. Now it's like, ooh, we're free to market. We're free to add new doctors. We're free to do so many things. And the process of improving the human capital inside the building also generates a lot of money. And there's nothing wrong with the money. You should, you should be okay with the money. Who cares, you know, because again, if you deliver great value, you should make a lot of money. And almost every doctor thinks they're delivering great value. I can tell you, if you're not making a lot of money, you're not making a lot, you're not creating a lot of value. And that whole thing about, you know, you're so special that you're the only one who can see the patient. I mean, that is, you know, that like you need to go to a, a psychologist and get, you know, I mean, I could walk you, you could get, hop in my car, I'll take you down the street and I'll show you less than a mile away, people are walking into another doctor's office getting the exact same service they're getting in your office and you're acting like your office is the only place they can get treated. That's illogical. So a couple of things I would tell you and we'll pick back up on this, but you know, if you're saying, okay, well, what do I do? There are some processes you need to do. So one process you can do is you can take that five-star challenge. You can call my office. We have something that we call a blueprint day where you can come in one of our facilities and we can map out some statistics, show you, you know, if you're at X and you want to go to Y, what that's going to take. And that's an easy thing for us to do. You spend the day on that. Maybe bring your office manager, bring a spouse. Or, you know, call my office and try to get registered. Um, you know, next year we'll have a few events where you can come and, so I just finished up one of two days and it's like two days of talking about this stuff and people then realizing what they need to do differently and putting a program together. So, okay. So that's a lot, right? Human capital. So we'll go through, we'll pick up on our next podcast with some of the, the specific ways to, um, change, I guess it would be if, 
you know, if you were to say, well, what do I do differently, right? We'll come back and we'll, we'll kind of run through maybe a, a 10 or 20 over the next few episodes about um, specific examples of what you could do that would improve the performance of the humans and, and yourself, okay? Okay, have a fantastic day. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.